Welcome to This AmeriCorps Life, the official Arizona Serve podcast by AmeriCorps members for AmeriCorps members, past, present, and future. Here is your host, Emily Carey. Welcome to today's episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of This AmeriCorps Life. This is your host, Emily Carey, and today I'm so excited to have Sean Stevens and Monique Laflamme with me. Monique is a new addition to the Arizona Serve VISTA cohort here in Prescott, and Sean has been serving with me as a VISTA since last July. It's, I think we're less than a month away from finishing our service. And yeah, they're both serving at Prescott Unified School District as the attendant success coordinator. So I think we figured the math out right before we started recording, but Sean is Emily 2.0 and Monique is Sean 2.0 and I'm just me so yeah welcome to the podcast we're so excited to have you thank you thanks Emily yeah so how yeah how are you guys feeling today uh besides sweating buckets uh fine so far Uh, I don't know how about you I'm doing pretty well adjusting it's third week now so I've got my apartment settled finally that's exciting yeah I would say how is like moving in and like adjusting to life in Prescott been It's been a little crazy just due to COVID itself. I'm coming from Connecticut, so driving through all the different states with all the different restrictions was pretty crazy, especially all of the rest stops. Yeah, what did did some of those look like? Coming from Connecticut again, it was a mask everywhere you went. I mean, restaurants, grocery stores, everything was still closed down. And then as we were moving towards the West, it kind of got progressively less strict with the masks, which was interesting to see coming from quarantine where (laughs) I saw no human contact to all of a sudden just a bunch of people. Yeah, it's definitely a big difference. I say my family's back in New Jersey, and so talking to them about what's happening in Prescott and what's still happening in New Jersey, yeah, it's it's very different, (laughs) the approaches. Yeah, cool. Yeah, well, we're so excited to have you. So yeah, I guess sort of a question for both of you, I guess, what sort of made you interested in doing um, AmeriCorps and national service? Do you want to take this one first, or should I? You're more than welcome to. Sure, I'll go for it. In one word, utter confusion. Um, I was a slacker in college who was very good at being a slacker. Like, I got good grades, but I was definitely a slacker. And so I kind of got, uh, towards the end of my last semester, um, very high grades and hadn't done any internships or anything and had no idea what I wanted to do. Uh, I had switched majors four times. So I had a, I mean, I had a major and then I had four minors. And like no clear career path whatsoever. Um, and so I had a teacher say, okay, you kind of, gosh golly, messed it all up. And you really, uh, th- there's no like clear path for you. So if you want to just like, if you just need to like stall for time uh, to figure out what you want to do, you really have two options, uh, AmeriCorps and Peace Corps. Both work pretty well. Um, but AmeriCorps uh, takes less time to get into. Because uh, if you want to use Peace Corps to stall, you kind of have to start like, nine months early, which I hadn't done, because again, a slacker thing. Uh, So it was that, uh, it was like teacher advice. How about you? I am actually the opposite of that story. I just graduated, go class of 2020, and um, last summer I was interning with the Department of Justice and one of my supervisors was actually a former VISTA member and he was telling me about this program and a little bit about the benefits that come with it and coming um, this entire past year that I was trying to apply to jobs, it was a little bit of a stressful time trying to find a job. And then once Corona hit, it got even harder to try and find a job. But AmeriCorps was still running and still going. And so I've always been interested in volunteer and national service kind of work. So it was kind of something that just felt natural. 
And yeah, I was just really excited to see an opportunity where I can still do some of the things I love while still having a job during this crazy time. Yeah, I would say it's definitely the right time to do national service. But I also think, yeah, I think post-college is such a great time to... Yeah, because you're in that like transitional phase and like period and you're able to kind of just explore what you like to do and the work you want to do, rebel against your parents. (laughs) A little bit. Um, Yeah, I feel like that's kind of where I was at. Like I had done like alternative spring break and like service projects through college and it was like kind of, it was like March and I was like, hmm, what am I going to do? But I knew I wanted to give back and help people. Um, And putting your loans on hold was also really great. Um, Also a good benefit. I always said it's the perfect in-between between between a desk job, like corporate adult world versus post-grad right out of college, kind of still being able to volunteer and get into the communities a little bit. Yeah, you're finishing college. So what made you guys decide Prescott of all places? So I'll go again. (laughs) Um, Pure logistics. Uh, My parents are living in Phoenix right now. So after college, I kind of wound up there. And so, yeah, it was it's an easy move here. They were there for support if I needed it, which I really haven't, which has been cool. And then on top of that, I kind of like I look, I didn't look at just Prescott. I looked at projects all over Arizona because all of that kind of had the just like um, like logistical convenience because I didn't have to go very far. Um, and I just thought this was the most interesting project. It was either going to be this or the position open at the governor's office, uh, but this one gave me a yes first, and I wanted to get out of the house, so I I, went, I came to Prescott. <laughs> Once again, opposite to me here. <laughs> um, sense I, of pattern. Yeah, sense of pattern here. Um, I actually um, expressed interest in AmeriCorps, and I put up my whole account and everything on the website, and it was one of those things that it just popped up in my email, and I said, sure, let's do it, and I applied, and again, they were the first people to get back to me, and it kind of just went like that. I didn't really apply or look at any other state or really further examine any other um, project. Um, so it was kind of a big jump for me, but I said, why not? Right. It's all you can do. Yeah. Good. Cause we're the best. No. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why not move halfway, like all the way across the country? Yeah. Why like, not? Yeah. Perfect the, time. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm like, you two are the office and I'm just like, I'm like in the middle. Cause I was like, why not just move to Arizona? But also I have family, um, that's in like Phoenix and Tucson. So again, being close but far away, which is the best thing to do with family now. Yes. Um, a little yeah. Bit. A little bit. My closest is Virginia, so a little far. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. And then I know Monique, you started, started talking about your initial thoughts and moving here and everything. So you talked about how you stopped in each state, all with their different like rules and everything with like masks and stuff. So now you're in Prescott, you're moved into your apartment officially. How does it feel being here now? And yeah, how was that transition, like, it, once you got here? It's kind of a breath of fresh air, in a sense, just to finally be here. I'm done with school, and it's a, a new start. It's a fresh start for me. And um, being here in Prescott itself is really awesome because it's a completely different environment than what I've been exposed to in the past, which is really cool for me because I like exploring different parts of our country itself. And um, I think I've been settling in pretty nicely. I, I'm really enjoying the mountains and the scenery, and it's nice and hot here, which is fun always. I do miss the water, but I'll get over it. Yeah, there are little like lakes and swimming holes that you can find that don't make up there being no ocean, but it works. It yeah, works. I call them lakes, I call them puddles of mud, but you know, to each their own. Yeah. Cool. And then I guess sort of shot on the flip side, I guess, yeah, we're both kind of coming to the end of our, our service now. What is it, what's it like sort of being at the end and looking back at 
initially moving to Prescott and yeah, like I said, I was reflecting on when you started your service, like what was that like for you? Well, so the actual process of moving, again, I was very close. It was very easy. But like the only, the, the, the two words that described my thoughts on Prescott were lateral move. Uh, because where I grew up was a little town in Tennessee called Dixon, Tennessee, um, which I would describe it as Prescott if the tourism left it and then 10 years <laughs> passed. So I was, I, the, the, the culture, uh, the, 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 and the way the community works is very, very similar. It faces a lot of the same problems. Um, and so I, I felt very much at home in a lot of ways. Awesome. Do you still feel at home now? Yeah, I guess. Uh, in different ways. Like, I know more people now, which is cool. So it's less of, like, a surface level, oh, this kind of just kind of feels like home thing, and more of a, I'm just actually settled and integrated here. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, and it's kind of fun, like, when you're in your service term and like that that switch goes off you're like oh yeah like I live here now like this is this is this is like where I am now and stuff and yeah and it's really awesome yeah like realizing yeah, all the great connections and stuff that you made and Monique you will make during yes. your time here so cool and then I was wondering Sean I I know your work is a little bit different now but I was wondering if you could talk a bit a little bit about um Prescott Unified School District and the work that you initially like came here to do and a little bit about um the attendance success coordinator position yeah, so basically, it's so the attendance success coordinator uh, was kind of the, um, I don't know what the word is, brainchild of Jim and Cindy, uh, who are two volunteers who work with the nonprofit RAP, who kind of operate in this area. Uh, and their main thing is chronic absenteeism, which um, differs from truancy for all the listeners at home, uh, in that it's students who are chronically absent are students who have missed 10% or more of the days they've been enrolled for any reason, whether they've been excused or not. Um, and that's, that's the goal of that charity, is to kind of um, reduce that. Because nationally, one in six students miss more than 10% of school. In Arizona, it's one in five, and in Prescott, it's one in four. Uh, it's pretty bad. So they found, though, after working uh, specifically with Mile High and Granite Mountain, two of the schools here, um, for f about, I think it's three and four years respectively, um, that they felt like there were things they couldn't do uh, at like the school level, that they needed to get done at the district level. Um, so they, working with the uh, principal, I'm sorry, vice principal of Granite Mountain, uh, pushed to have an AmeriCorps VISTA position opened up uh, at the district office to try and work at the district level, uh, which is how this project started. And so the idea is that over the course of three years, we'll build a program uh, or a support network of sorts for support for addressing chronic absenteeism in the district. Specifically, the way the project works now. So basically, I spent the, the last year trying experimenting with different models to try and find uh, the, uh, to try and support the schools in dealing with chronic absenteeism. Um, we ran into a lot of challenges, mainly that um, because Arizona is 50th in school funding in the country, um, they don't have a lot of time, money, resources, or personnel to deal with it. That is the, that is the main issue. There's just no one. Everyone is dramatically overwhelmed. Almost every teacher is running one, if not two, after-school programs or tutoring things on their own. Um, so we try. So we're trying to implement now a volunteer model where we use essentially community members to fill in those gaps, um, mainly to work with the staff to then reach out to all the families that are chronically absent uh, to try and figure out why, and then work out like individualized uh, support. Uh, procedures to try and help them. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, that's awesome. That yeah. So, kind of, what was, what is some of the work that you've been able to do like in your first year, and what sort of, I guess, to Monique, what's that transition looked like um, into the second year of the of the project? Um, so, if I were gonna like try to, because I just rambled for a really long time. If I were just gonna try to like clearly break down what we accomplished, um, we 
try, we tried and uh, set aside a bunch of models that didn't work and settled on a model where we have three teams per school. Um, a volunteer team, a staff team, and then a coordinator. And the coordinator bridges the gaps between the two because we found that the staff don't have time to manage the volunteers. Uh, and the volunteers need help coordinating with the schools. Um, so what we've mostly managed to do is for three of the schools in the district, uh, Mile High, Granite Mountain, and Taylor, not Taylor, yeah, and Lincoln, Lincoln's the other one. We have a stat, we have recruited volunteers for and trained and just had, we established a working model at each of those schools. Um, COVID did a dramatic amount of damage to that because we had a lot of momentum going. We had more volunteers lining up for the other schools that um, then kind of scattered to the winds. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where we stand. We, ha we have a working team at three of the six schools in the district so far. So in my transition, we're trying to figure out, um, first of all, what the schools are even going to do come this August. And on top of that, kind of to build off of the system that is pre-existing from Sean and his term, and just trying to really build off that and hopefully create some successful models here, especially during this time. That's awesome. And yeah, I was going to say, how has COVID affected the work that you've been doing? I know you sort of started to already already answer that. But yeah, how is, uh, what changes have you seen like within the schools? Those are two different questions. Okay. Um, so the changes to the schools are mostly, uh, we were just caught completely flat-footed uh, in the last semester, or I'm sorry, the last quarter. Everyone just transitioned to online learning, wasn't really equipped to do it. There weren't really any standardized procedures. Um, and the main results for our project is that a lot, so all, most of the, almost every student who was chronically absent before, like wasn't going to school, uh, also didn't do the online work. Uh, however, there were a lot of students and additional students, like the population almost doubled, that just kind of checked out once they were doing online learning just for a whole host of reasons, um, from just the like, poor communication to just logistical. There, the, there was only one computer in a house with seven kids. Um, how it affected our work in general uh, is it ground it to a halt. Um, it's kind of hard to work on attendance when all the schools are closed and nobody is going to them. Um, and then the other issue was... We couldn't really adapt the model because there was no metric for like um, judging like attendance or engagement for students who weren't there uh, because like because mo because the district was using Google Classroom but Google, Google Classroom didn't have that feature and um, we weren't using a portal that had that feature either so there was just no way of really telling other than teacher uh, which students needed support other than teachers saying hey I don't think this student has been doing their work or they've been putting in enough effort on it. So it was really wishy-washy and hazy and it took like two or three weeks after transitioning to all online learning um, to even start to get in like lists of students who weren't doing their work per se. Um, and so yeah, in a lot of ways, I wouldn't call it a death blow to the project, but it was a um, pretty substantial setback. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's amazing. It sounds like you're still able to at least try to work with the schools to create some semblance of what they'll look like now. So I guess, yeah, now going into the school year, I know things are still sort of up in the air with everything, but do you guys have a more solid plan or how is that, knowing what we know now, transitioning into the school year, how, is, how has that been? You want to you say it or do you want me to say it? Go for it. <laughs> um, it hasn't exactly been the best. Um, we're still not particularly equipped um, they're using summer schools. We're not really involved in this. But they're using summer school to try some different models for distance learning to see what works. Uh, but uh, we, we, as of right now, still do not know 
what uh, school is going to look like for the next quarter, next semester, or even maybe next year, mm -hmm. uh, which, as you might imagine, makes it kind of hard to plan um, for what we're going to do. Yeah, that, that is how it stands. Everything's still in like a period of like transition. Because, um, right, I mean, right now, the, the, they thought that they were going to open back up at the beginning of the school year, but then cases started to shoot up in Arizona again. So that's seeming less likely. Also, I think as of the last poll, one in five families aren't comfortable sending their kids to school anyway. So there's one of maybe four to six different models we might use. And yeah, that's kind of how it stands. Nice. It sounds exciting. Um, so I guess, yeah, so Monique, so you're sort of taking the helm, Sean 2.0. What are some of your ideas, I guess, coming in? You're three weeks into service. And I know it's it's kind of a lot when you're beginning your service term, but what are some ideas or what are some things that you want to try to accomplish during your, your term of service? I think that's interesting. It's it, Like Sean said, it's definitely really difficult to try and even begin to plan things because a lot of the ideas that I had coming in were more so... Um, for in-person classes, which is obviously probably not a likelihood at this moment, but um, just watching a lot of webinars and kind of building off of what other schools and other districts have been doing, I've been able to kind of see what kind of virtual programs other schools are doing. And so I think one idea that I want to do is kind of a mentorship program, just because I was involved with Big Brothers Big Sisters all of college. And um, I, I found that it was really helpful to my little and he was excited whenever I got to school and maybe doing something virtual in that realm. But it's definitely difficult right now to even begin to start planning those things, especially three weeks in, still trying to learn the systems and what's possible and what's not possible. So we'll see. Yeah, I say that learning's so exciting, but also, yeah, it can be a lot. Um, cool, awesome, thanks for sharing that. And I guess, yeah. So I guess outside of that, what are you also most looking forward to really working with Arizona Serve and living in Prescott and just getting out of your year, I guess, outside of work as well? Hmm. That's interesting, too. I think I'm excited to get into the education aspect because I've always been really passionate about education systems in itself. And outside of school, I hope to get involved in the community in different aspects, maybe also joining Big Brothers Big Sisters here or doing something to be actively involved with the Prescott community. Awesome. That sounds good. Yeah, some important, great connections and stuff, especially it sounds like for some of the projects and stuff that you want to accomplish. So that's awesome. And then Sean, how are you? Yeah, so you're you're staying in Prescott for another year. And what are you looking forward to most about that and sort of becoming Emily 2.0? <laughs> I think I might. So as for staying in Prescott itself, I might actually go to a lot of the festivals this year. Um, I didn't really last year. Uh, because I was coming from Tennessee, love Tennessee, but all the festivals were like country music and bluegrass. And if I were to be a bit elitist, it's kind of a step down uh, from Nashville to here <laughs> um, by a pretty substantial margin. Uh, like going to a talent show in Nashville, you see six-year-olds who sing better than most professionals because they're from like music dynasties. And then like like the, the class, the... Um, the like bottom up, just like people having fun kind of festivals is very different. And I think I could get more into that scene now. Now that my ear has doled a little bit, I think, <laughs> I think would be the nicest way of putting it. Um, with the project itself though, I mean, I'm looking forward because it too, I didn't get to work a lot with people, which is what I kind of thought I was going to do with the school district attendance project. But most of with that, we were, we were like so many steps removed 
from actually working with people because there, was, there weren't even like mechanisms in place for flagging who the chronically absent students were. So 90% of that job was just behind the scenes logistics. I didn't get to start working with volunteers until maybe the last three to four months. And so I'm looking forward to actually working with the different vistas uh, and talking to human beings on a regular basis. And it, I think it'll be fun. It'll also, it shores up a lot of my weaknesses. I've done a lot of logistics projects before, but I've never done any leadership stuff. Uh, and so I'm looking forward to learning that as well. So I guess, Monique, it's only been three weeks, but is there any advice that you would give to yourself three weeks ago? Or I think just get involved and research the community a little bit more. I kind of did not research Prescott at all and just kind of moved here on the wing. So I think just being able to um, really know where you're going before you show up would be definitely a positive. Yeah, it's it adds to the excitement, but yeah, it definitely yes. makes things different. Yeah, um, and then and I think it's also something important to keep in mind. Yeah, like when you're looking to move and like do your service projects and like service work and everything. So, and then Sean, I guess reflecting, eleven months ago, Sean, what would you tell him? I uh, so work life balance, uh, I think is key here, especially with this project. You're going to be dealing with a lot of situations that just seem so desperate and so hopeless and so hard to fix and you have i think you have to be able to um when work is done uh shut that off and smile and go have fun or the black gnawing void is going to swallow you <laughs> uh, so that would that would be the best advice work life balance very important I think Black Gnawing Void needs to be the title of this episode. No. It's a good title. Um, yeah. I can get behind it. Awesome. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to ace being the new. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being on. It was really great getting to talk with you and sort of hear, I guess, both sides, um, opposite sides of the same work and just, yeah, a soon-to-be veteran of the work with Arizona Serve and, and a newbie. And, yeah, it's, I'm really excited to see, yeah, the work that you do um, in my place, Sean, but also, Monique, the, what you're able to do um, and help the school district with. So, yeah, thank you so much for being on. And, everyone, thank you um, for listening. Thank you for having us. Thank you. You've been listening to This AmeriCorps Life, produced by Arizona Serve of Prescott College. Find out more at arizonaserve.org and at prescott.edu.